Oh, my God. 
After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
J.M. in the A.M. Boy, some selections have really turned into classics at this point, huh? Eitan Katz, Vali Rishalayim. Gershon Varoba had Ani Yisrael. Brave, done by the Maccabees. Lipa had Mizmar Lasoda. Shabachi, that was Yoel Sharabi. Miami Mizrach with Tzur. Walking the Land. Schlockrock. And, of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. J.M. and the A.M. for a Wednesday later today, Rabbi Yoshua Fast, Rabbi Josh Fast, co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh. That might be why I've been so hooked into these uh, Israel-themed selections <laughs> this morning, subconsciously, uh, or maybe to a degree consciously. Who knows? At this point, I really have no idea <laughs> what I'm doing subconsciously and what I'm doing consciously. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I look forward to one hour from now when Rabbi Fass is on. We get to talk about 2020, the type of year it was for Nefesh Benefesh, and uh, a couple of other developments which we'll get to. But um, one of my favorite guests ever on this show, I get to speak with later on this morning. I hope you'll all be tuned in, Rabbi Fass is always amazing. Uh, on this Wednesday, January the 6th, day 22 in the month of Teves, the year 5781, Tufshin Aleph. We have 37 degrees, 79% humidity, winds in north at the 7 miles per hour. Cloudy this morning, this sunny this afternoon with a high temperature of 43. Not bad. In fact, not bad at all. Uh, clear tonight, low 32. Tomorrow, sunshine and a high temperature, 47 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 64. We're at 37 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM and the AM. In addition to Rabbi Fast, Rabbi Rothwax is going to join us from the Sinai schools. They've got a big event coming up. What do I mean, big event coming up? They don't have a real event, do they? Well, what they've done is they've basically adjusted for this whole COVID situation, instead of doing what we would normally call a regular um, event in support of the organization, they're doing something a bit different. And we will explain it, of course, here at JM and the AM, and uh, where Rothwax will be more than happy to give us the, the lowdown on what's happening over at Sinai, as they're celebrating, I believe, 40 years, if I'm not mistaken, which is pretty amazing. Anyway, Wednesday morning broadcast, JM and the AM. You picked a good day to tune in, especially if you want to tune out the news from the rest of the world. Uh, there are some people in this audience that are going to be very happy with the results from Georgia. There are some people in this audience who are going to be very upset with the results from Georgia. The fact is, the result is that it seems, it seems that both Senate seats will go to the Democratic Party in Georgia and that Kamala Harris, who's the Vice President of the United States-elect, and will become vice president just about uh, two weeks from now. It seems that she will be the deciding vote when it comes to Republicans versus Democrats in the Senate. So a very interesting turn of events, to say the least, uh, what we've seen over the last couple of months. Really, really interesting turn of events. And it looks like, not 100% yet, one of the races is still too close to call, it seems, but it looks like the Democrats will take over the United States Senate, and uh, we'll see what that brings. Um, episodes like this always remind us that uh, we know who really is in charge, who's pulling the strings, 
And I must say, this scenario of what's happened over the last couple of months between the presidential election, this runoff, and now last night, uh, is one of the more interesting, uh, <laughs> one of the more interesting uh, scenarios that have been uh, carried out um, at the instruction, no doubt, of the one above. So, just very interesting to watch what's going on, and let's hope for the best, everybody. Uh, all the predictions in history that are dire often turn out the opposite. A lot of predictions in history that are positive often turn out for the opposite as well. So. We don't know, but we hope and we pray. Wednesday morning, JM and the AM, plenty more coming up. As I said, we have great guests this morning and a lot happening between now and 9 a.m. All you have to do is keep it right here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network.
Yalili. Sandy Shmueli before that with Adon Olam. Bring the house down was Avram Avram Freed. Leif Tahar with Meheira and the Weiner brothers had Moda'ani. Olimli Rishalayim, that was Kobe Brummer here at JMNAM. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Thank you very much to uh, Eighth Day for that. You know, a lot of people have questions about the Kosher Halftime Show 2021 edition. We may be dropping some hints without people even realizing it. Remember, it is the eighth Kosher Halftime Show. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal is Real Army Radio 2 p.m. newscast for Wednesday's next. We say Boker Tov from Jam in the AM. מירושלים השעה שתיים, שלום רב, כאן רני אבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. בנק ישראל מעריך את עלותו של הסגר המהודק בכ-3 מיליארד וחצי שקל בשבוע. מדווח כתבנו לענייני כלכלה ניתן על... סגירת מערכת החינוך וצמצום העבודה לענפים חיוניים בלבד יזניקו את העלות הישירה של הסגר ל-7 מיליארד שקלים לפחות לשבועיים. 
ההערכה הזו של בנק ישראל אינה כוללת עלויות מתמשכות שיגרמו למשל מפשיטות רגל של עסקים ומאבטלה מתמשכת, וכמובן את ההשלכות הבריאותיות והחינוכיות. הנזק גבוה יותר ביחס לסגר הקודם שהחל בחגים, המאופיינים בפעילות כלכלית נמוכה. מנהיג הציבור הליטאי הרב חיים קניבסקי קורא לשמור על התקנות עליהן החליטה הממשלה, אך לא מתייחס במפורש לאיסור על פתיחת תלמודי התורה. כתבנו לענייני דתות, שחר גליק. בהודעה שיצאה מאנשי ביתו לתקשורת, מורה הרב קניבסקי, יש לשמור ולהקפיד על הוראות הרופאים והתקנות שנקבעו כדי לעצור את המגפה בלי שום הוראת היתר. הרב לא מתייחס במפורש לדיון בפתיחת תלמודי התורה בניגוד לחוק, אך כאמור, מורה להישמע לתקנות. סנגוריו של ראש הממשלה נתניהו ביקשו מבית המשפט המחוזי בירושלים לדחות את מתן המענה לכתב האישום בשל הגשת הכתב המתוקן. כתבנו בנצר מוסר שלבקשתו של נתניהו הצטרפו גם שאר הנאשמים בתיקים, בני הזוג שאול ואיריס אלוביץ' ונוני מוזס. המאבק על החינוך המיוחד, יושבת ראש סיעת נחל בהסתדרות המורים גילה קליין, אומרת ביומן הצהריים בגלי צה"ל, אסור להחריג את החינוך המיוחד מהסגר. רבים מהם נדבקו, ולא רק זה, מרב התלמידים שנמצאים בחינוך המיוחד הם הנפגעים הראשונים. לא רק שלא חיסנו אותם, הילדים האלה נדרשים לטיפולים, הם באים במגע עם עובדי הוראה ולא מגינים עליהם, ואין שום תוכניות, וכאילו הזמן פרוץ. כתבנו לענייני חינוך דורון קדוש פרסם כי גם יושב ראש ארגון המורים העל יסודיים רן ארז מאיים להשבית את החינוך המיוחד. במכתב ששלח לשר החינוך גלנט כתב ארז מצפים לתשובתך הדחופה בנוגע לאפשרות ללמוד מהזום בחינוך המיוחד כדי שנצליח לקדם את צעדינו. שר האוצר כץ ויושב ראש ועדת הכספים של הכנסת גפני סיכמו כי עסקים חדשים שהחלו לפעול מחודש מרס 2020 ונפגעו כתוצאה ממגבלות קורונה יהיו זכאים לפטור מארנונה, ידיעה שמסרה כתבתנו עינב קרנר. 30% מהחשמל בישראל עדיין מופק מפחם, פי שניים מהממוצע ביבשת אירופה. כך עולה מנתוני הלשכה המרכזית לסטטיסטיקה. עם הפרטים כתבתנו איילת ברון. בשנת 2019 צרכו הישראלים כ-4% יותר חשמל מבשנה הקודמת. חלקם של יצרני החשמל הפרטיים בייצור ממשיך לעלות ועמד על כשליש, לעומת 7% בתחילת העשור. בין השנים 2018 ל-2019 ייצור החשמל מפחם, שאמור להתאפס בחמש השנים הקרובות, עלה, בעוד שיעור ייצור החשמל מגז טבעי ירד. ומזג האוויר, הלילה ומחר בבוקר צפויים מערפילים במישור החוף, בשפלה ובצפון הנגב. שיגרמו להגבלות רעות חמורות בצפון הארץ ובערי המרכז, תנשב לרוחות מזרחיות חזקות. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
I was literally in touch with uh, Moshe Dawoodi, who's the uh, gentleman responsible for that selection. I was literally in touch with him as the song was playing, and he invited me to Uman for Rosh Hashanah. Could you imagine? He actually just issued an invitation to me 
to travel to Uman, Rosh Hashanah. Don't worry, New Springville Jewish Center out on Staten Island. I'm not planning on, planning on actually going. But how nice is that? He said that um, we would actually be able to meet and uh, greet in Uman on Rosh Hashanah. Pretty amazing. Wednesday morning, it's JM in the AM. Good morning, all. Thanks for tuning in. I... Um, I remind you, Rabbi Yoshua, Josh Fass is coming up. I alluded to the kosher halftime show. I said you got to keep in mind that it's the number eight this year. You also have to keep in mind that we're pretty limited in what we could do this year, and therefore, just looking for my, uh... oh, no, what did I do with it? <laughs> I had this really good announcement written out. Where is it? Oh, no. I had this really good announcement written out, which <laughs> describes exactly what we're looking for in terms of help from our listeners with the Kosher Halftime Show. And now, of course, I can't find it, which is a real shame. I'd like to get the early morning listeners into this as well. Uh, essentially, hang on a second. <laughs> I'm literally going through this. All right, I'm gonna have to take a. Uh, I'm, gonna have to, <coughs> I'm gonna have to take a little bit of a musical interlude here and to come back with the information. But essentially, we are turning to our friends in the JM and the AM Nahum Single Network audience to help us with this year's Kosher Halftime Show. And you wonder how on earth can you help if you know contact is so limited now. You know, we're not putting together a major event with thousands of people and and you know taking footage from there obviously. So what are we doing? So I hope to have that information for you next if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
his boy that's his little boy with the rabbis all around him that's his boy eight days old just eight days old with the rabbis and the mohel that's his boy we make a kiddush on the wine and we say a little prayer J.M. in the A.M. Wow, what a song, huh? That's my boy, Revi Schwebel, off the Yes Legacy album. Shmoy before that, done by the Yeshiva Boys Choir, Moshe Dawoodi with Lach Shoke Lecha, here at J.M. in the A.M. Well, the results are in, or at least uh, a good parsh- portion of the results are in from Georgia. Um, it's looking more and more like the Democrats will control the White House, the United States House of Representatives, and the United States Senate. That is what it's looking like. And um, we shall see what happens. We shall see what happens. So Moshe Eisenberg says that my hints are giving it away that eighth day is involved in the kosher halftime show. Well, that might be true. Might be true. A little bit of an unusual year, so I don't know if we're going to be doing what you would normally expect from the kosher halftime show. But uh, I can tell you that Mayor Kay has some plans, that's for sure. Anyway, here's the story. I finally found my notes. (laughs) I finally found my notes. Everybody listening right now can be very helpful in terms of our kosher halftime show. And frankly, whatever you send us, we might use. So only send something that you have no problem for it being displayed publicly. We are asking for images. We are asking for uh, photos and short videos of positive moments of the past year positive moments of the past year. So it could be a wedding. It could be a bris. It could be a pidgin ben. It could be a bar mitzvah. It could be a bat mitzvah. It could be a graduation. It could be anything. It could be, it could be an image, you know, of someone just having a good time, even though Corona has been dominating over the last 10 months. We are looking for positive moments of the last year. Please, please participate. We need your participation in this. And like I said, it's very possible that um, whatever you send in is going to be used during the Kosher Halftime Show in our display of positive images and pro- positive moments of the last year. We're looking for bright spots, good occasions from 2020. Um, where do you email these? It's very simple. Mayor K at gmail.com. Mayor K, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. In the subject line, just put, you know, like NSN, positive moments. And um, and that's about the whole thing. But we want to make this as, uh, as broad as possible and get whatever it is that you have to offer uh, in terms of sharing positive moments from 2020. So again, any images you have 
photos, videos, etc., of positive moments of 2020, of the last year, bright spots, good occasions, anything, right now go to your phone. You probably have half of them on your phone right now. Go to your phone and just forward them to K M E I R K A Y at gmail.com. M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. He'll take care of the rest. A different but nonetheless effective kosher halftime show is on the way on February the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 <laughs> at the count when we start February the 1st. Uh, February the 7th kosher halftime show sponsored by and brought to you by our friends at the Rothenberg Law Firm. InjuryLawyer.com. Thank you to the Rothenbergs. The Rothenbergs understand the importance of there being a kosher halftime show. Not the importance of what the show is, but the importance that it exists. That we are making a statement. That, yeah, there are halftime shows that are available to the world, but, you know, we like hanging out with the kosher stuff. Yeah, and our community, thank God, does like to hang out with the kosher stuff. That's what sets our community apart, frankly. Anyway, positive moments of 2020. Send us any photos you have of any celebration that you don't mind being used. Remember, these photos, once you send it, they can be used in the Kosher Halftime Show. You want to send them with the subject line, NSN Positive Moments, and send them to K M E I R K A Y at gmail.com. M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. And by the way, those of you who have kids who also, you know, have thousands of pictures of the last year on their phone, encourage them to participate, please. If there's good photos that they want to share with the world um, of great positive moments of the last year, tell them to email it with the subject line, NSN Positive Moments to mayorkmeirkay at gmail.com. And I thank you. I thank you very much. It's going to be a good kosher halftime show. You know how I know? Because Mayor Kay's in charge. <laughs> Simcha Liner's next. It's JM in the AM.
In the AM, that's Simcha Liner by David Goldwasser's words. Zechonishmas Harav Zebnevis of Alevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basarvis of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Reb Nachman told of a country where every three years they would choose a new king. They'd go into the field and crown the first person they bumped into. Once, when they went into the field, they found a person that was completely drunk. They put the crown on him, brought him to the palace. They changed his simple clothing, and they put on the royal clothing. He was so shicker, so drunk, he had no idea what was going on. When he woke up, he found himself sitting on the throne, clothed in the royal clothing, with a crown on his head. Surrounded by servants, he was sure it was a dream. He remembered just being a simple peasant lying in the gutter. He pinched himself. He felt that it hurt. So he said, wait a minute, this is not a dream. If so, then his thoughts that he was a peasant must be a dream. However, he did remember that he had just had a fight with another peasant and hit his head. He felt the bump on his head and it hurt. So thinking that he was a peasant was not a dream. Now he was totally confused. He didn't know whether he was a king or a peasant. He looked up. He saw a fully stocked library right in front of him. He thought to himself, if I open one of those books and I understand what is written, then I know I'm really a king 
and not a peasant. If I don't understand anything, then I will know that I'm really a peasant. He motioned that the books be brought over to him. And when he opened up one, he didn't even understand a single word. So he was a peasant. Now he needed to understand why he was sitting on a throne. Then he thought to himself, maybe he is a king and the peasant is a dream. Maybe the other kings also don't understand what is written in the books and the library is just for show. And so it is. A person sees that people give him honor. He doesn't understand why. Do I deserve the honor or is it a dream? If it's not a dream, why don't I understand the Torah and have a greater grasp in spirituality? Our entire life, we can decide which one we would like to be, a king or a peasant. It is up to us to pursue spirituality, to delve into Ruchnius, and to become for each and every one of us a king or a queen. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. secret, even though he is uh, too humble to actually want a theme song, <clears throat> that is the uh, song that plays before the appearance on JM the M of the co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh, and that is, of course, Rabbi Josh Yoshua Fass, who is with us live via telephone. Not easy to get him on the phone, folks, trust me. He is one of the busiest people, as you can imagine, when you are a Jewish hero, and when you are one of the most important figures in 21st century history, then I can tell you it is not easy getting someone like that on the phone. Rabbi Fass, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum, even though the accolades are not really received well, but it's okay. <laughs> How are you? That's it's been part, too long. That's, that's part of what makes it fun, is we know how, much you don't, know. is how much you don't enjoy those, as accurate as they are, frankly. Yes, and it has been too long, and I'm glad you're back, and now we get to look back at the year 2020, one of the strangest years in the rich history of Nefesh Benefesh, and certainly one of the strangest years in, in uh, both world and Jewish history, that's for sure. And I hope you're looking back at 2020 with, uh, with positivity and with fondness, Rabbi Fass. I hope that it didn't get you down, the fact that the world was and continues to be, it seems, locked down. By the way, that, that is happening in Israel, right? You're actually going into another massive lockdown in the next 48 hours, right? Tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, yep. Next two weeks at least. Unbelievable. So even oh, when grabbing our files and even when me, I'm sorry, even when a million plus vaccines have already been distributed, at least the first dose, nonetheless, and I'm I'm being serious about this, nonetheless, the authorities feel it's necessary to lock down, even though the 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 vaccine uh, distribution is going really really well uh, when it comes to how Israel's handling it. 
I guess one has nothing so to do with So you want to look back at 2020. I guess one thing. Going back to that. I guess one thing has nothing to do with the other, huh? I hope. Listen, we, we haven't gotten our second vaccines yet. So we're still yeah, still right. vulnerable. And many individuals, millions have not gotten their first vaccine. And the spread of the virus now is, is accelerating. So there has to be. I mean, I was surprised that two weeks ago we didn't go into a full segue or full closure. Unbelievable. But we'll see what the next two weeks. Hopefully, we'll, they'll bring us, we'll continue to vaccinate. The first round of those who got the first will get their second. And, but uh, we're weeks or a couple of months away from, from having a, a majority of Israeli citizens vaccinated, which is remarkable. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I just, I mean, from this vantage point, it felt like such a setback with everything that Israel's been accomplishing over the last couple of weeks. And frankly, you know, people like myself want to get to Israel as soon as possible, and we're under the impression that as soon as Israel opens up, it, with a combination of vaccine and testing, they will start allowing people in. So it's sort of that feeling where, you know, and I'm sure you felt this a lot more than us, obviously, because you're there, uh, but it's sort of that feeling where you think it's, you know, finally, you know, the home stretch, finally the light at the end of the tunnel, and then you're hit uh, with the news of this week that there's going to be a complete lockdown. So I just everyone, I guess... Yeah, I'm, but it's, it's, it's a waltz that I think everyone accepts. No one, no one assumed that this trajectory growth without have any setbacks or at least uh, one step back, two steps forward. So it's, it's okay. I don't think there's such protest this time around, especially with the vaccines starting rolling out to different communities. Right. Understood. Uh, well, we look back at 2020 in terms of North American Jews moving to Israel, I guess, with a, uh, a positive uh, look, a positive um, uh, uh, perspective, because it seems that uh, even with the pandemic, and the craziness of this year, you were still able to bring thousands of Jews from North America to Israel. Mazal tov on that accomplishment, Rabbi Fass. Thank you so much. Um, I don't think the mazal tov comes to us, or we deserve it. I think the numbers reflect the tenacity and the persistence, the devotion of the Olim. You have to take everything into context. They made Aliyah regardless of quarantines, airlines down, borders closed, Washington and consulates shuttered, Landing and going straight to quarantine, getting, putting their kids into school, but the schools are on Zoom. Their shipments are coming, and the ports and movers are understaffed because many of them are either sick or at home in quarantine. And to think that close to 3,200 North Americans made Aliyah during this year speaks volumes, volumes of that palpable connection that visceral connection that every Jew has to return to their homeland. And it's incredible. It also speaks volumes of just all the cooperation of all the agencies. I can attest how the staff, our staff, and the staff of the Jewish agency, staff Misrata Klita, Misrata Pim, worked around the clock, um, not taking no for an answer and helping facilitate in a very, very difficult time, in a very challenging time, the Aliyah of Thousands. It also required us to pivot. We didn't have all of our charter flights or Bonetion or mega events. Uh, made us pivot everything digitally. And that was, it's hard. It was successful because I, I think we were able to reach more people in different locations where we normally do not have that connection and engagement. But it's very hard because the Aliyah move is very personal. And uh, there's a difference between sitting across from a person in their living room than doing a Zoom or a webinar. Yeah. So uh, I hope what we can go back to normal soon. 
think we learned a lot, a lot of lessons this year of how we can do more with less and, uh, and maybe go back to both a dual personal engagement and more of this mass engagement online. And uh, we miss it. We miss it. I haven't been to the airports in, in eight, nine months. Speaking of airports, by the way, one of the challenges I know that you had and your organization had was was simply with all the things you mentioned, and there were so many aspects that were so different. And again, kudos to all the old limbs you pointed out. But uh, you had to you had to figure out flights. You know, the majority of airplanes on this globe were grounded, especially at the height of the pandemic or or, the, or where the initial panic went out. And just to get flights, and I'm not even talking about charter flights. I'm talking about just flights that are actually going on a regular basis. And often those planes are needed for other purposes when there's a pandemic going on. So just that logistically was very tough. Am I right about that? Oh, it was stressful. I mean, listen to my voice. This year, it's taken its toll. So we're owing that to that to that area. Of, of, Is that good? Good excuse. That that area of negotiation it causes laryngitis. It seems. Also, one of the things that's pretty amazing about this past year is that, as you said, the total limb are thirty two hundred. But many would think that a specific category would dominate, especially. One might think that retirees, right, especially those who have children and grandchildren in Israel, and they're desperate to see those children and grandchildren, so that uh, that um, uh, category would dominate. Or one might say the singles, because this is a good time for them to pivot and start their lives anew in the Holy Land, that they would dominate. But it seems to me, and I don't know exactly how it compares to other years, you might be able to tell us that, but... It seems to me that every category, the families, the retirees, the singles, the lone soldiers, every category was well represented in 2020. You're absolutely correct. And we're also seeing that same distribution of interest within the application interest as well. And the increase of the applications are showing that within each of the specific denomination or um, demographic, we're seeing that spike. And it's not just relegated to one Specific democracy. Let me, I got to read this statistic. Everybody out there, I hope you're paying attention to this conversation, but if you're not, wake up for a moment. You must hear this. You must hear this. In 2019, remember that year, 2019, the last normal year we all enjoyed? There were requests for Aliyah that were received by Nefesh Benefesh from 4,582 people. 4,582. In um, in 2020, that number of Aliyah requests received by Nefesh Benefesh, 14,022. That is an astounding 206% growth. And I guess, and that, is, and I guess that really tells... It's still climbing. It's still climbing. Well, one second. And we're still getting applications. That's applications. Many applications, or most of them, were in 2020 for 2021. And in any year... We received thousands of applications within that year itself. No, but one second, um, one second. The normal conversion, hold on, the normal conversion rate is around 45 49% of applica- applicants to their actual Aliyah. So just with this pool of applications of individuals who are interested in making Aliyah, we're talking about threefold if the same conversion rate is, say, is applied to next year. But when you joined us for one of the most significant conversations we've ever had, which was the first time we spoke during the pandemic, and you described how the phones were ringing, 
and how the applications were coming in via the web, etc. I mean, we, we talked about the that initial, you know, a burst that had come forth after Corona started. You can't tell me that now in January of 2021, you're at the same level of interest that you were, for instance, in, in May or June of last year, or in no, fact... No, it, it plateaued around November, December. That's at a, a higher rate than previous years, but this application on steroids really um, lasted for several months, but stopped in November. And and December started to look like a regular December? With a, with a specific interest increase, but uh, not like last year, but not like what we saw in the, in the heights of the, the summer months. Rabbi Yeshua Fass, co-founder and executive director of Nefesh Benefesh, is with us live via telephone. We are celebrating... 2020. Yes, folks. Remember a few minutes ago, I was talking about positive images for 2020, the kind that we're asking you to send in so we can include them in our kosher halftime show. Nefesh Benefesh has about a million of those. People landing in Israel may not be with the same uh, type of greeting that they normally would get, may not be with the same type of celebration that normally would take place, but people landing in Israel enjoying the Holy Land and even, <laughs> and even starting their lives in Israel in quarantine which is pretty amazing, frankly. Uh, what about the, you know, we always talk about the different professions that people are going into. Has that been basically the same percentage? I mean, I know you have a lot of doctors and, and people involved in high tech, et cetera. But did any one category dominate uh, unusually uh, during 2020 or basically the same no, type of break? it really mirrored. We, we had a little bit of a boost of, of the medical professionals, but uh, it really mirrors every single year of the, the normal breakdown of, and that's, the professions that and you think that has something to do with with COVID nineteen or or it's just a coincidence that there's a, a bump in the physicians? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I can't ignore the context of any of these applications and the interest. Um, I think a lot of individuals involved in the medical world, the medical profession, have uh, evaluated or reassessed um, where they how they're moving forward. I think this has been an eye-opener for many individuals to, to give medical care and to be a practitioner within a pandemic. I know many individuals that I've been speaking with, and this has been uh, a hell of a year. It made them really assess what they, uh, how they move forward. Interesting. So maybe it, had, maybe it, maybe it translated a bit in the, the boost of applications where the individuals who were in the medical professional made Aliyah in 2000. Twenty. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that some people who are on the fence about what what to go into have looked at the medical profession uh, a little bit more seriously after seeing what went on. It's really interesting. It's funny how circumstances really dictate uh, the, the direction that people choose. Um, so everybody out there, and, th- and then there was one other statistic that I found, by the way, in um, uh, in regard to Nefesh Benefesh. Apparently, you had over fifteen thousand participants who were part of these Aliyah informational events. Now, obviously, Aliyah informational events were used to the ones that happened in person, but now they went online, and all of a sudden there is a 682% increase in those who are participating in informational events. No, it it was insane. We we pivoted (laughs) to do all of our events on social media. We had 113 events, and we had over 15,000 people who attended. We had double that who registered. And we had people from, I think, 40 to 50 countries around the world. Um, it was hysterical to see who was logging in <laughs> to watch a webinar of Adam Unbelievable. 
You know, it's funny. Okay, no, that was one of the blessings in that pivot. We, we, we were able to engage so many more people in so many different regions that uh, we can't abandon when we go back, hopefully post-corona, soon. Were any of those people from places outside of North America? I'm talking 48 countries. Well, then you have to expand the reach of Nefesh Benefesh. You can no longer be exclusive for North America. You have to be an advisory That group. is a next conversation, a next radio show interview. When I actually have my voice back, we can talk about that. Exciting it, stuff. Because it's funny, because you've considered it in the past, but now this may have made you jump into the pool, so to speak, of helping people in every country on Earth get to Israel. You know, I... I we, we, just, we, just had a, we just had a meeting. I'm sorry for cutting off. We just had a meeting yesterday with a certain region um, of Olim from uh, different countries not in the North American sphere, and asking for our help, asking to to join just the umbrella of our services and use our infrastructure to be able to help build, and it's very hard to say no. And we're building, we're almost, in the next few months, we're going to be opening, hopefully, please God, our new center, our headquarters in Shalai. And uh, we have the room, and we also have the interest and desire to help Olim from other countries, especially in Yushalayim and Jerusalem area. So that will be our foray into into helping other Olim integrate successfully into the country that might not have come from the countries that we historically served. Isn't it funny how God works? All of a sudden, He grants you your wish for some additional space, a little room to breathe, and he says, yeah, if you want this space, you're going to have to deal with a lot more people from a lot of other places on this globe. <laughs> Isn't God funny, Rabbi Fass? <laughs> no comment on the funny, but uh, you see, if you open your eyes wide enough, you can see God's divine finger and uh, many things around you. Yeah, at least we could say life is funny. That everybody would agree with. Uh, speaking of li- speaking of life being funny, you offered some really important um, analysis during the summer. Yeah, a long time ago, half a year ago, uh, about why people were making Aliyah during 2020. We discussed the whole uh, between combination of Zoom and realizing that they could, uh, you know, be in touch with relatives on a regular basis through FaceTime, etc., and a whole bunch of other things we talked about. I'm wondering, especially in light of the fact of what happened last night in Georgia, I'm wondering if you think the political atmosphere in the U.S., um, it, it, one that really, if you think about it, uh, compared to other uh, times in the 20th century in the United States, you'd have to go far back into the early part of the 20th century to find a time that uh, that one would really call, you know, one of discomfort, uncomfortable um, for Jews and really, you know, in some ways, all observant people. Do you think that the current political situation in the U.S. has anything to do with the spike in Aliyah over the last few months? I think it's been an ingredient. I'm not sure it's a sole ingredient. I think it's um, maybe accelerant, an accelerant for some. Um, I have contacts in the State Department in the U.S., and over the last several months we've been discussing the political societal kind of implications on Aliyah. And the question is, what would happen if Trump would be reelected? What would happen if Biden was reelected? It's very interesting to hear their analysis of whether or not that would be a motivation for a spike in Aliyah. Um, if Trump would, would have won, sorry, I know it's not the 6th of January, but if Trump would have, not have won, would have won, then there might have been uh, 
more of the riots that we saw a few months ago that would have caused a a real uneasiness um, for many, and they might have accelerated their application process or think anew of where they want to live. Um, And their analysis is that if item one, um, that there will be such a change within the culture, also taxes, there will be almost a slow bleed, um, an impact that would not be um, proximal, but it would take over a few months for individuals to realize the sense of uneasiness and want to come. But it's, I think it's just one ingredient in, in, a, in, in a real puzzle, a collage of reasons why people like Aliyah. I don't think it's healthy to run. Um, thank God we still have Aliyah of choice from North America, and maybe that forever, but uh, but I don't think it should be or is the sole motivational factor for people making Aliyah, but it's addressed and people share it as being one component in their decision-making process. Understood. Rabbi Fast, before I let you go, uh, Nefesh Benefesh has announced that Camp Nefesh Benefesh is opening for the summer of 2021. It will start on August the 8th. Could you tell us why Nefesh Benefesh is getting into the camping business. I always wanted to drive a golf cart. I was <laughs> jealous of all those head of camps that had golf carts. Now, the real reason, that's one, it's, it's a truth. <laughs> I might get big by me all the time. Um, and if you ask Avi Levine, one of the logos is a, cam- is a, is a golf cart with a Nefesh symbol on it. But all seriousness, every year... We see and we've noticed how challenging it is for parents and children during that first month of their aliyah. Parents are running around, and they're securing, arranging all the basic first steps of aliyah, on setting up their home, registering for school, getting appliance, getting the shipments. And at the same time, they're trying to engage their kids during their first month, right. uh, trying to give some fun or maybe there are inspirational moments just to have them connect to the land. So in an effort, for years, we always wanted to do this, an effort to make it easier for parents to help them able to set up and not feel that they're torn or tethered to their house, and to give the kids a sense of fun and belonging and meet other kids and take them on a limb and let them start learning the language, the slang and songs. So we decided to create a camp. So we're opening it up, this in Yushalayim. We're going to have... Uh, we have tenders from around the, you know, from around the area, the Chemish, Modiin, um, Gusht, so that people, transportation for people to come in, kids to come in, and obviously the Jerusalem kids. We're opening up for 150, and uh, we're going to open it up mainly for those who are arriving this summer. And we just decided in the last couple of days to open up also to kids who came in 2020. Right. And because uh, they were they were really deprived of a year of of integration and school, yeah, and uh, connecting to the land. I'm also I, we we believe that this is is something that we wanted to do in a long time, and already that we know that it will be successful. Please on, and I'm already negotiating with different municipalities for land, so that in a few years from now we can build a a proper large campus for a camp that we can have five, six, seven hundred kids and open it up to other grades. So this is a pilot. I hope it goes well, um, because uh, I really would love to see this come true. What, uh, I think it's a huge service to family. What campus will you utilize for this summer? 
This summer, there's a camper that's called the Narzioni. Um, uh, there are these, all these hidden treasures within Jerusalem that uh, are these campuses that schools and colleges and high schools use. So we uh, rented it for the summer. I'll use it for the next couple until we find our permanent place. Right. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, every person that we share this idea with, they're like, what took you so long? Well, and uh, we got Jake Vitablansky from Oshava right. to be uh, the head of this camp. We're really, really excited. Well, uh, one thing I've learned from this conversation is that um, uh, you're predicting that things will be back to normal the latest August the 8th. Because it seems if the, if the summer camp is supposed to start on August 8th, you have full confidence that Israel will be able to, uh, you know, allow regular transportation, regular activities. And uh, like I said, you know, life will be back to normal, please God. I, ha- I have to hope yeah. and plan that there's going to be some light at the end of the tunnel. We're also negotiating with a lot of the charter flights this summer. So uh, obviously for both projects, for all projects, the caveat, if God forbid we can't be together publicly. Yeah, but come but, on. Uh, if we're if we hit that herd unity, then we'll be able to start going back to our life. I mean, it, which, you you I, I mean in your heart of hearts, I hope you believe that once we get to Pesach time, things will really normalcy will accelerate. I hope you really do believe that. I mean, that's what I'm banking on, frankly. You no, know, I see it. I see it in my own family, the acceleration of how many people are getting the vaccine. Right. Uh, it's my siblings, some of my kids. It's 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 remarkable. So hopefully that will continue to be uh, distributed at, a, at an amazing pace, and it'll get us to the life we're all looking to have. Uh, Rabbi Fast Mazal Tov, what a 2020. Amazing, incredible. Nefesh Benefesh at a time where people might have thought, I don't know, you know, the organization wouldn't make any progress when it comes to Aliyah because of this pandemic. And, of course, just the opposite happens. Every time the naysay, I don't know who they are, these naysayers, but every time they rear their ugly head and offer their opinion, Nefesh Benefesh is right there to prove them wrong. I don't know how that happens every time, Rabbi Fass. You know me. I'm Mr. Positive. I'm always on your side. I'm always, <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm it's always, my model of the naysayers. <laughs> Special model. Uh, anyway, thank God it worked out really well, and uh, it all continues, and we're encouraging everybody out there. Now is the time. Now is always the time uh, to contact Nefesh Benefesh, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4-ALIYAH, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. Rabbi Fass, um, I look forward to uh, seeing you. Please, God in Jerusalem very, very soon. That's all I could say, because it has been way too long that I'm disconnected from the Holy Land. It is a dream. I cannot wait. It's been too long that we've been in the room together. Yeah. And I apologize to you and to all the listeners for my voice. I don't know what happened a couple of days ago. I lost it. But uh, hopefully the message came across. It's a sign of leadership, Rabbi Fass. When one is out there advocating for the Jewish people, it is a sign of leadership that they have exhausted all of their strength, all of their energy, when in fact their voice uh, can, uh, starts to suffer. So trust me, it's only a sign That's of a your... beautiful spin. Yeah. Beautiful spin. No. I thought it was a commercial for a caller, but okay. <laughs> I could have done that actually as well. Rabbi Yoshua Fass is the co-founder and executive director of Nefesh Benefesh. And he's amazing and he is a Jewish hero. And he is one of the most important people in 21st century Jewish history. And um, he is not in front of me for me to see the 
rolling of his eyes as I say that. Ah, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com, the NachumSingle Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app. Back is right. That's the uh, that's the amazing Moshav bands. One of the songs that we are always playing <laughs> when we when we are uh, on the flight with Nefesh Benefesh heading to the Holy Land with many many Olim, hundreds and hundreds of Olim. That's the song that we're generally playing. Pretty amazing. Wednesday morning on this 6th of January, day 22 of the month of Teves. Want to remind everybody that the Kosher Halftime Show is right around the corner. In fact, it's a month from tomorrow, right? The 7th of uh, of February. And um, we're asking you to send us images of positive moments of the past year. 
positive moments of 2020. We want to include them in our kosher halftime show. So if you're comfortable sending us, I don't know, different events that you were part of or different things that happened that just show, you know, joy and positivity, we want to include them in our kosher halftime show. Uh, send them with the subject line NSN positive moments. Subject line NSN positive moments. Go into your phone right now as you listen to the show. I'm sure you have a million pictures from 2020 that are positive. Um, NSN positive moments. That would be the subject line. And send it to K at gmail.com. Again, that's K M E I R K A Y at gmail.com. M E I R K A Y at the gmail.com. And uh, who knows? We may include it in our kosher halftime show. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a 10% discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code radio. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954. And A&H products are available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. And um, believe you me, you'll be glad you did it. Enjoy 10% discount with promo code radio. Speaking of promo code radio, our friends at artscroll.com have 3,000 titles. And right now, 10% off, no minimum, free shipping at artscroll.com when you use promo code radio. 10% off, no minimum, free shipping when you use promo code radio. I mean, why wouldn't you just go there now and just order what you need? I can't understand why not. <laughs> uh, go to uh, artscroll.com. Again, go to artscroll.com and uh, use promo code radio to save, save, save. Best wishes going out to our magnificent uh, middle maidel, Sarah B, or Sarah B, for a very happy birthday. When these messages come in from Florida, I don't know how to pronounce anything. Um, wishing you a fabulous year ahead filled with good health, simcha, and tons of nachas from your beautiful family, and of course, many, many more happy birthdays and good health. Till 120. That comes with love from Ima and Abba in sunny South Florida. And of course, we know them as Listener Cena and Mr. Listener Cena down in Florida. JM in the AM on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Well, I uh, I uh, noticed in a um, an announcement made last week that this year, Sinai, our friends at the Sinai schools, will not be having an annual dinner. Instead, now through February, they're going to be exploring our season of Sinai stories, short videos and stories about how Sinai has transformed the lives of thousands of children with special needs. And, of course, the Sinai children need us now more than ever. That's an understatement. Um, Rabbi Rothwax has uh, described for us the types of expenses Sinai has in order to service our community. And he is, in fact, with us live via telephone. The dean of the Sinai schools is Rabbi Dr. Yisrael Rothwax. Rabbi Rothwax, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's good to speak with you. Uh, that might be the headline for uh, for people, that Sinai will not be having an annual dinner this year. The sub-headline, even more importantly, is that people, please God, will be helping out from all corners of the community to help keep Sinai going. Tell us. What is it that the Sinai schools are doing on a regular basis to serve children in our community? Well, you know, Nachum, we were talking about that this, this, you could imagine, very tough decision to not make a dinner. And, and we're in the same boat with many, many other organizations. Our dinner um, typically has, you know, a thousand people wow. every year packing the Glen Point. Um, it's a, it's a, it's an evening typically of, of 
powerful emotion, right. um, and and of course is the the centerpiece of of our campaign. Uh, and and when we were doing a little bit of a cheshbon nefesh this uh, past summer and trying to prepare for this year, that was a really 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 tough decision um, to to do what we're doing, um, which I'm happy to describe to you in a little bit more detail. But sure. what we were finding so far is that our community is uh, is really so deeply um, appreciative of that which we are doing, and that is that's being reflected in the in the type of support that they're providing. I think I think that's so much of the reason why people enjoy coming to our dinners because they know that they're connected to something that is good, that is doing good, um, and that is unique. Well, I mean, and, first, first of all, I didn't realize a thousand people come every year, which is amazing, and it's I mean, it's probably one of the largest dinners in our community. But there are two other factors. Number one is how well you do what you do, the Sinai staff and the, the, uh, and the entire infrastructure. And I see you're just growing. I see you're just expanding, which is unbelievable, uh, to service more and more. And you're doing it for so long. And I think it's one of the things people like in our community. They like a proven commodity, Rabbi Rothwax. And if there's anything Sinai has proven to be, it is a proven commodity that is uh, not only you know working to help children in our community, but is expanding the services in our community. Baruch Hashem. We are, we are blessed to be able to do that. When, when, you know, I was talking a minute ago about the Cheshbon HaNefesh. It was exactly about that. It's really, you know, really looking into ourselves and what is it that we want to share with the community? What kind of, um, you know, messages do we want to, are we proud of that we want to be sharing with everybody? Yeah. And to get together, um, we're, we're really, we're looking back over the 40 years um, that we have, that we've been around. Um, and, you know, you've been been around the block a few times, Nachum. You've seen um, organizations come and go. You've seen many organizations grow over time. And when you look, you know, a generation or two into, um, you know, their growth and um, and can appreciate kind of where their their roots really lie, um, that is something that is uh, super special. And and I th- I, th- I think that I, I speak on behalf of all of the leadership at Sana, both professional and lay, that we're always reminded of kind of where where we come from. And 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 ironically, um, and I know that you, the the guest uh, prior uh, to our conversation was Rabbi Fass, Rabbi Rabbi Fass, um, it, it, his, his father-in-law and mother-in-law, Dasi and Leo Brents, that are actually founding parents of Sinai, um, and and. Um, some of their um, some of that story and some of their work and the work of their colleagues has been uh, presented in some of the articles that we've been putting out there. Um, but we want to be able to share with the community um, right. how deeply we appreciate we are not just of those who really started um, and rolled up their sleeves as founding parents and board members, but really for all those who've been with us for for the last four years. We have hundreds. Of honorees from the last forty years, who have who have <laughs> all true. signed on to a statement of support for Sinai, um, you know, and, and and in pride of what it is that we've accomplished and continue to over time, and that's well, really an amazing, amazing accomplishment. One of the things that I remember and uh, and always appreciate is speaking to your alumni who go through the story of what uh, you know they went through. Uh, in order to make it through school, and how Sinai essentially helped held their hand in order to get them to the finish line, and then they end up being among the most successful people in our community. So, I mean, it, you're not just you know creating, you're not just solving a problem. You're creating leadership, and you're creating people who are you know out there on behalf of the community in in tremendous roles. And I think that has to be acknowledged as well. And I'm assuming a lot of those stories will be from people like I just described, right? 
Absolutely. They, they, they represent um, the, the, our students, you know, our alumni, parents, um, board members, community members, and um, equally as important as all of those are, are the, the, our students' peers, the students in our partner schools, um, who, who themselves reflect on how they've been impacted um, going to a school alongside students who learn differently than, than they do and what, mm. what that's meant to them. All right, Rabbi, Dr. Yisrael Rothax is with us. He's dean of the Sinai Schools. Let, let's do a couple of things. First of all, we have to remind everybody, that, and especially people who aren't as familiar as we think they might be with Sinai, that this is a program that is literally integrated into our mainstream yeshiva. These are in our mainstream day schools. And and I think that, you know, again, you go back a generation or two, some might have been hesitant to do that or would not have understood why it's important to do it in this way. This system has worked. You have seen this system work really, really well with the cooperation of some great schools out there. Uh, we have. We're blessed to, uh, now, 40 years later, um, to, to be partnering with eight different schools. Um, we started in, in Hebrew Youth Academy, which is now the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, 40 years ago. Right. Um, and now we've expanded to... Um, to eight different schools, four elementary schools, four, um, four high schools, um, and, and they in, include um, the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, RYNJ, uh, SAR Academy, um, and most recently, uh, as of a few months ago, we're at, uh, at YCQ as well, and then, of course, our, our high schools at, at Kushner, TABC, Mayanat, and Heichal. Um, and and w- the growth that you've um, described is is really amazing. You know, people sometimes ask me, you know, where do you see Sinai in 10 years from now? Where do you see Sinai in 20 years from now? How big do you want it to be? How many schools do you want to partner with? And my answer always is we want to be as large as the community needs us to be. And we want, we want to make sure that we're filling a need and we're, that we're doing it well. And what we've seen over the last number of years is that, that there's so much more of a need. There's a lot more um, uh, I think awareness out there, um, and, and both in part of parents and schools, and the desire for us to expand. And so when when we have expanded over the last number of years, we've expanded onto the other side of the river in New York because right. we've always had always had students coming to us from all five boroughs of New York City um, and and Westchester into our schools in New Jersey. And if we're going to expand, let's try to come a little bit closer to some of our uh, our students' homes. Do you, so that's where we are. Do you regret opening up a new program during COVID, or everybody at YCQ has been so cooperative it's gone like any other year would have? <laughs> I, I have absolutely no regrets, but I have to tell you, we made the announcement. I don't remember exactly, but it was, it was sometime in February last year. <laughs> and, you know, like four, three, four weeks later when we realized what's going on, you know, I, I, oh my, I, I, don't, I wonder what would have happened if, you know, the, the uh, corona outbreak uh, would have started, you know, here in the New York uh, area in January. I, right. I, I wonder what would have happened. I'm glad that it didn't um, for so many reasons, but not the least of which is uh, it, it, it didn't cause us to pause. Um, and, and really, um, we are at capacity. Um, Already? At, 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 at YCQ. Well, I, I should say we, we, are, we are at the capacity, at the cap that we've placed on ourselves for this year. Wow. Um, we are at, at YCQ. at YCQ this year is um, 28 students in four different classes. Mitzvah next year will be adding another class and the year after that another um so we, we we will have more capacity next year but but um in terms of what we felt like we could take on for this inaugural year at sinai at ycq um we you know those those spots were filled within a few weeks remember that this campaign is called a season of sinai stories and through the website at sinaistories.org sinaistories.org plus on social media and through our friends at the jewish link uh, both in new jersey and queens in their print 
versions. You're going to be able to follow along these stories, which will show Sinai and how it's impacted students, families, and the entire community through this campaign. Um, it, we should do one other thing. A lot of people, uh, you know, who who may not have been familiar with the fact that you're literally embedded in regular schools, they probably think there is some disruption or difficulty in a school maintaining multiple tracks. You know, one uh, being you know for the regular students and one being for those uh, who who need special attention. I mean, can you describe how not only it doesn't interfere, but it really enhances the school environment? For sure. So and each we, we call ourselves like a, a school within a school. Right. And really from, from our kids' perspective, they go to Kushner or YCQ or SAR or whichever school it is that they're at. Because they and they'll tell you that. They, they'll they'll say it that way. They will tell you that, that, that they're, they're regular students in those schools, which is, of course, a great feeling for them. That's that's right, and uh, you know some might think that we're insulted by that. We're not. We're very <laughs> proud. That's what we want from our students. Um, we're, we're proud of the name Sinai and what it is that we do, but we want our students to be integrated, right. um, and so um, so they, they have the benefit of. Benefiting from the self-contained classes and the supports and therapies that you would expect in a special ed environment from us, but also at the same time for any part of the day, social or academic, um, being also be able to benefit from the inclusive mainstream type of uh, opportunities that there are, whether that's you know uh, sports teams or or clubs or Shabbatonim, um, you know, or davening or recess or all those things, at, or, or, or um, classes as well. Right. Um, and, and each kid, we, we serve a pretty wide spectrum of, of children, um, and so uh, some of our students shine in different areas, and all of those, all of those areas are, are available to them. Uh, very important, everybody. You're literally supporting Sinai, but you're also supporting uh, a young people who are feeling completely integrated and are getting the uh, you know the high quality education under the Sinai umbrella. It's really an incredible mix and it works well and it's worked well for a really, really long time. It's one of the reasons that usually there's a thousand people at the dinner and it's one of the reasons why so many people love to support the Sinai organization. Uh, again, you can follow everything by um, logging on to SinaiStories.org, SinaiStories.org. And in lieu of a dinner this year, they're going to be telling stories about the last four decades through the uh, through the stories that um, alumni, parents, staff members, etc. have. And you'll be able to follow along and uh, see just how important Sinai has been for the children of our community. Now, before we get to the song, which I'll introduce, because it's obvious from the notes that I have here that this song literally has been done um, to help with the Sinai campaign. The most important thing, Rabbi Rothwax, you know, usually it's it's simple. Usually it's go to this website, place your reservation for the dinner, or, you know, call the Sinai office today and make sure you're there that night, you know, at the at the uh, ballroom in Teaneck. But I want to make it clear because, you know, you're using this campaign now in January and February in lieu of a dinner. How do people contribute? How do they become part of the annual Sinai campaign? I would encourage people to go to a website, SinaiStories.org. Um, you could go to our, our main website, SinaiSchools.org, as well. Um, if you go to SinaiStories.org, that'll take you um, to that, which we've been talking about today, um, both um, both through through pictures, through video, and through the written word, um, telling many different stories from different perspectives. Um, of course, there, there's uh, opportunities and links there as well to um, to be able to donate to our campaign. Yeah, and it's it's prominent, folks. It's right there. Make sure to donate, and make sure, especially those of us who try to donate every year uh, to the Sinai campaign through the dinner, certainly make sure to do it this year. But if those of you who have never participated before 
check it out. You'll be impressed with the videos, and you'll certainly be impressed with four decades of uh, changing lies, which Sinai is responsible for, and there's plenty of tabs for you to explore, and four decades of honorees, probably people who you know uh, will, are included because uh, it's such a vast list of four decades of people who have been involved with the Sinai organization. And uh, again, SinaiStories.org, SinaiStories.org, that is the best way to contribute and feel part of this, even if we are not gathering for an annual dinner this year. Uh, now, Rabbi Rothwax, according to my notes, there is a new original song that is going to be released in a few weeks as a music video, and I'm assuming uh, this is for the Sinai organization. The song I know is called Journeys. I know it's a song from a parent to a child with music by Shim Kramer. The lyrics were written by a Sinai parent, Abigail Hepner-Gross, who's also Sinai's director of communications, and there will be a music video that's being created by a former Sinai student uh, who's now a professional film editor, which makes my point from before. Um, yes. th- that'll be that'll be released in February and will be available on the Sinai website after that. Now, what can you tell us, in addition to what I've just said, what can you tell us about the song, Journeys? But I tried to describe um, earlier in our conversation was, um, you know, that cheshbon anafesh that we're trying to do to be able to show to people the heart of of Sinai and where we where we came from and what it is that we that we strive to do. Um, I think what this story, um, what this uh, song tries to illustrate to those who are listening is the journey of of a Sinai student and specifically a Sinai parent, and and the the um, the, the sorrow and 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 pain oftentimes that is associated in the beginning of realizing when you have a child with special needs and that your life and the life of your child is is going to take a, a different trajectory than than perhaps you anticipated um, and and what a good intervention through uh, through Sinai and, and and frankly from other organizations as well um, and what what that could do to to really change the course. Um, from from that of of frustration and and being frustrated to to that of um, you know success and pride. Um, so you have um, heard you have heard the sound of the voice of desperation on the other end of the phone when parents don't understand the type of help they're about to get from your organization and they're desperately I, looking for it. I do, um, and and. Um, and those are such brave parents who, despite yeah. being so down, um, are, are taking that, that step to call. Sometimes that's actually the hardest step, because once they call and they speak to me or somebody on our team, and they realize that there really is a way that we could help them, um, both uh, to help their, their student, their child, academically, socially, emotionally, but also to, to help them as, as, as parents um, financially yeah. in making, making this work. And after they make that first call, um, it, things are, are so much easier. And, you know, oftentimes, Nachum asks me, so like, what's the one message you want to get out? I, I would, I'd say, I'll ask the question for you. The, question, the, what, the one message I want to get out is, please just make the call. Right. Just, just, just pick up the phone. Um, and, and, and let us see if we, we could help you. Because, and, and, uh, and, a, and before we get back to the video uh, or the audio, uh, the, um, a, a point that we need to make, which I, I should have made sure to make earlier, uh, you know, if we, uh, whatever it is, whatever the real cost is per child, you know, in the Yeshiva League, so to speak, whether it's 20000 25000 more or less, I mean, we, don't have to, that, we, we know what, the tui- what full tuition basically is in, in, in the majority of our schools. When it comes to Sinai, 
Could you put a number on what a year's a year of education costs in order to have someone have a child in a special program like that? There are multiples of that, but 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 the important thing is, is that our our parents, the average parent um, that sends their child to Sinai, actually pays less to send their child to Sinai than they do to send their other children to regular yeshiva. Right, but, which the, is, but the point is here that that's another reason why we need such a successful campaign. That's, that's exactly right. Because that's we, exactly need, right. we, we need, need to be there for our parents. And, and, right. and it's not just another tuition. Right. Our parents who, who have children with special needs have many, many more costs of you know therapies and uh, sometimes other equipment and right. things that aren't covered by insurance and and, and so they're they're just they're getting hit from all over and we see it as our job to be able to make sure. So when when you, you say, say yes. when you say multiples, that that you're suggesting that that tuition or the cost of education for a Sinai student could be fifty or seventy thousand dollars. That is not an exaggeration. You're serious when you Correct. say that. So people, yes. people need yes. to know that when you're giving a significant sum to Sinai, that money is being used for a really good purpose. And very often for families that are tapped out from, you know, regular yeshiva tuition, and that's a struggle to begin with, and then are faced with a situation where they have to be as generous as possible uh, for Sinai so that uh, they can move forward with their own child situation. You know, finally, we have um, we have parents sometimes who who have their kids with us for a number of years, and um, they've gained skills that they need to be able to go out into a mainstream school and be successful there. And and it's it's a happy time for everybody. Um, but sometimes the parents say to us, "Yeah, but we but we can't can't afford tuition in the other school. Right. We could do it by you." Right? It's ironic, but um, you know. It's, <laughs> That's a well, good problem to have. I was just going to say, they call that a good problem to have. Well, All right, so back to the song. So it's called Journeys. It is. Uh, there's a lot of Sinai connections, as we mentioned, because a Sinai parent actually wrote the lyrics, right? Yes. Um, it was written by Abigail Hepner-Gross, who um, was a Sinai parent, or I should say a parent of a, a Sinai alumnus, right. um, and, and also is our director of communications. And she um, not only is it her job, but she really – um, kind of, you know, feels the words um, that that were written from a very, very personal place. And instead of a dinner, the campaign will be a regular, um, a, a regular release to the public through SinaiStories.org and through the newspapers. We said and social media of uh, the different uh, pieces that people will be recording in terms of their uh, impressions of Sinai from their perspective. So that'll be happening over the next few weeks. I'm assuming at least until the 20th of February, and then uh, and then everybody out there will be able to enjoy. In the month of February, the release of this video, which will also help capture uh, the entire Sinai experience and hopefully will encourage people to give and support this unique 2021 campaign. Rabbi Rothwax, I'm assuming that you're assuming that uh, at the beginning of 2022, there will be an annual dinner, please God. I'm assuming you're working toward that goal. But 20 We are working towards that goal. <laughs> but, 2021, but 2021 has a unique campaign, one you hopefully won't have to revisit again, but it has a unique campaign uh, which will give everybody an opportunity to learn about Sinai and to uh, experience it from the comfort of their own home and hopefully will encourage them to give and be as generous as possible. I really do want to see this campaign be at least as successful as the times that you gather with a thousand people at the ballroom in the Teaneck, New Jersey. Uh, we're going to play this song. It's music by Shim Kramer. The lyrics you mentioned, Abigail Hepner Gross. The music video is going to be created by a former Sinai student and be released in a few weeks. It's called Journeys. We'll do it next here at JM and the AM. And I ask everybody to please be as generous as possible, especially those of you 
who would never miss a Sinai dinner or never miss an opportunity to give before the Sinai dinner. Just realize the different format this year and give what you can. Sinai Stories, S-T-O-R-I-E-S, SinaiStories.org, SinaiStories.org, and follow everything that's going on uh, in print, social media, and on the website over the next few weeks. SinaiStories.org, when you go to that website, I guarantee you, because I've seen it up close and personal, you'll have an opportunity immediately to donate and to support the great work of Sinai. Rabbi Rothwax, is there anything you'd like to add before we hear this song? Just that I really appreciate, Nachum, you're giving us this, this platform. You know, we, we don't take it for granted. I appreciate everything that you do for the community and for getting uh, the word out specifically you know, about, about our cause as well. Um, we, are a, uh, we are better off. Um, we, are, we are a stronger community because of what you're doing, and I, we do appreciate it. Well, I appreciate that very much, and we love promoting proven commodities. And Rabbi Rothwax, it seems that Sinai has done an amazing job for four decades, and they're going nowhere. They're going to continue their commitment to help the children of our community. And we appreciate that uh, that declaration, which I know that you probably say oftentimes. Absolutely. You're Thank the, you so much. You're there for the children of the community. It's much appreciated. Thank you, Rabbi Rothwax. Rabbi Dr. Yisrael Rothwax is dean of the Sinai schools. I, I can't say it enough, folks. First of all, again, if you usually go to the dinner or if you usually toss in a donation because you hear Rabbi Rothwax on the air before the dinner, please don't abandon Sinai now. Make sure to give something uh, before when traditionally the dinner would take place. I guess the dinner would be what, like mid-February, that type of thing? So please give what you can at SinaiStories.org, SinaiStories.org. For those of you listening around the world who wonder about organizations like Sinai and what they're doing in the community, well, I could tell you that they really are a proven commodity and that they are helping children in our community for decades. They are transforming schools and transforming families. They are building um, um, children in our community into real leaders later on in life and people who are successful in the professions that they pursue. And uh, and the most important thing, the most important thing, uh, and I, I never forget this lesson, they continue to expand. They continue to expand. They understand the importance of being out there in more and more schools and for more and more children, and that's the sign of a uh, of an effective organization that understands the importance of growth and pursues it and pursues it well. So please, SinaiStories.org, SinaiStories.org. Here is the here's the final mix of the song they call Journeys. It's going to eventually be a, a music video inspiring everybody to uh, support the work of Sinai. Here it is at JM in the AM.
When I saw how you struggled, my world cracked in two. I wept for you, I prayed for you. Though you needed so much, I didn't know where to turn to find the right help for you. I couldn't give up. What was I to do? I sought for you, the best for you. The road was so rough, so many tears in your eyes. My heart would break inside for you. Hush, my special child, your journey lies ahead. The future shines through in your eyes, and whatever comes, you will never be alone. I will always be there by your side. I finally found a place to help you to succeed. I see how life has changed for you. How hard you work, how high you have soared. I always did believe in you. Who you are today, who you will become. The world has opened up for you. Embrace your challenges and face them at all. My heart would burst with pride for you. Oh, my amazing child, when the journey lies ahead, the future shines through in your eyes. Know that whatever comes, you are never. J.M. the A.M. Shem Kramer and company with uh, Journeys. Dedicated to the uh, children and families of Sinai. Give generously, everybody. SinaiStories.org. SinaiStories.org. And I thank Rabbi Rothrax and all of us here at J.M. in the A.M.
JM in the AM with Aspacalaria. That's called Kuma here at JM in the AM. I want to remind everybody that our friends at Partners in Torah have over 5,000 Instagram followers, and they're recommending that you become one of them. Why? Because they do a lot of fun stuff, a lot of great contests and content. Check it out on Instagram, Partners in Torah, Partners in Torah. And those of you out there who want to pursue becoming a partner in Torah, those of you out there who have... Uh, a desire to be a mentor or student, both of them not difficult, by the way, mentor or student, uh, in the world of partners in Torah, we are encouraging it. Go to 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number 4, and then the number 2, or partnersintorah.org, partnersintorah.org. It's an experience you will find inspiring. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. Modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website, kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code radio. And try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. Um, earlier I mentioned, and I hope that everybody out there will, uh, will participate. Kosher Halftime Show 2021 is one month away. Yeah. Kosher Halftime Show 2021 is one month away. <laughs> That's hard to believe. With a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Thank you to the Rothenbergs. They always sponsor and present our Kosher Halftime Show, and we thank them for it. Uh, this year, we're trying to include positive images of 2020. Positive images of 2020. Those of you who have any type of positive image, any photos, um, weddings, bar mitzvahs, pidyon ben, bat mitzvah, brisin, just an average day and something fun and great is happening. Any positive image of 2020, send it to us. We might just include it in the Kosher Halftime Show. Mayor K at gmail.com. M-E-I-R. You could do it on your phone right now. You probably have pictures on your phone right now. You could forward to him. Mayor K at gmail.com. M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. Uh, make the subject line NSN positive, um, positive moments. NSN positive moments. And we thank you for that. Our friends at shopeichlers.com. Well, it's pretty simple what they have. They have a 10% off sale. On all their tzitzis, it's really as simple as that, and I, I would imagine a lot of people in this audience want to take advantage of that offer. So do what we did. Go to shopeichlers.com. Again, go to shopeichlers.com and order whatever you need and make sure to get the uh, tzitzis section up there on your computer and uh, get whatever you need in that department because it's 10% off all through this week at shopeichlers.com. And remember, shopeichlers.com offers you same-day delivery to Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Tom's River, and Jackson, New Jersey. Go to shopbikers.com. Go there now and enjoy. Um, Wednesday morning, JM in the AM. Where are we heading now? Can't even keep track anymore. Yeah, it does look like the uh, the Senate races are going to go the Democratic way down in Georgia. That's the way it's looking right now. Yeah. Pretty fascinating, huh? The White House, the House, and the uh, Senate 
will all be in control of one party. Pretty amazing, I must say. Um, oh, how do you like that? Georgia is checking in. Listener Daniil says, good morning and happy new year from AJA Carpool number 267. Thank you. Thank you, Daniil. Every time I think of Daniil, I think of landing in Atlanta and <laughs> and calling him out of the blue and asking if he has time to meet for a half hour. And, of course, he obliged because he's unbelievable, uh, as are so many of the people down there in Georgia. We had an amazing two two trips down to Georgia, you may recall. Yeah. Really nice. Once for the Kosher Halftime Show and once we were down there for the uh, – for the uh, community features when we invited so many communities from around the southeast to come and speak about their communities on the air. It was actually pretty cool, frankly. More coming up. You're listening to a uh, Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM.
עשינו יחד, מאבא כנפות, מאבא כנפות הארץ, לידינו, וקפצנו יחד, מאבא כנפות, מאבא כנפות
something about that song that I really, really love. Lech Lecha, done by the footsteps here at JM the AM. Chaim David before that. I should really, um, Yishai Fleischer, I, I think it's his album, right? The Aliyah Revolution. I think he's the one who introduced me to that song. The uh, Lech Lecha. I believe it's from that album that he he, rele- he released it years ago and just gave it out to people to be inspired to move to Israel. Really cool. Chaim David before that with the Kaaba Show for our Wednesday morning. It's JM in the AM. Let's figure out how we're wrapping up this amazing uh, this amazing show. <laughs> uh, coming up between 11 and 1, it'll be Avrami with a Wednesday live lunch. Treat him well. He will do the same to you that I can guarantee you. And uh, he'll be coming up between uh, 11 and 1 with the live lunch here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Don't forget, if you have positive images of 2020, any Simcha uh, photographs of anything cool, fun, nice happening in 2020, send it to us. They may be used in the Kosher Halftime Show. We're trying to put together a collage of really nice things that happened this year. Take out your phone right now and just send them to Mayor K. Mayor K at gmail.com. M-E-I-R. K-A-Y at gmail.com, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. Simple as that. And just use as a subject line, NSN Positive Moments, NSN Positive Moments, and hopefully it'll make it into the Coach Halftime Show a month from tomorrow. That's our intention. Mordechai Shapiro wraps it up for us on a Wednesday at JM and the Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Wednesday at JM and the AM. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for my fast. Thanks for my Rothwax. Thanks to all of you. Get, the, get us those positive images, positive photos. Photos of really positive Simchadik stuff going on in 2020. We might include it in the Kosher Halftime Show. Send them right now. Go to your phone, check off a bunch, and send them to Mayor K. M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. 
and uh, use the subject line NSN Positive Moments. And I thank you. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Have Rummy at 11 a.m. with a two-hour live lunch. Treat him well. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, it's Nahum Single reminding you. Remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.